the latest edition of the Sheffield Steelers podcast. Head coach Aaron Fox joins us. Uh, two valuable points. Aaron, talk us through that one, if you would. Yeah, again, we've had a couple of these games now where uh, we, we've done enough to win. Um, I don't think we were great for the full 60 there. Thank God we the 15-minute stretch there where we, the, the end of the first and early in the second there where we, we got our, our five and then we kind of shut it down, went on cruise control a little bit there and they came back and had a nice, really nice pushback and made a game of it. Um, you know, we just, we didn't take care of pucks in the second. Neutral zone wasn't great. Um, battle level wasn't great. Got outworked a little bit. I think sometimes when you get up like that and the mentality changes a little bit. You know, you got another game on Sunday there, and you think you're going to be able to coast. And we've found pretty quickly in this league that anytime you're coasting and not playing 100%, that every team in this league is has the firepower to score goals. And they made it a game tonight. Even five nil up, Duba was one of our best players, wasn't he? Yeah, especially in that second. I mean, I think the shots were like 17 to five in the second. I know we took a bunch of penalties and and they had a bunch of power plays there, but. Um, for me, again, it was, you know, we get a little bit soft in the neutral zone. We're not getting pucks deep. This is a team that likes to, their D like to join the rush, and we got to make them play a 200-foot game, and we didn't do that the last half of that hockey game. Good for James Batella to get on the uh, score sheet with the brace tonight. Yeah, it was good yeah. for James. He's uh, he's one of those guys who's offensively really kind of coming into his own. He's he's jumping in the rush and good in the, good in the O zone there. Um, him and Tron have been, been both really good lately. Would it be fair of me to say that after a fairly slow start, he's actually got better and better and has really kind of bought into the what we are right now? No, absolutely. He's been, like I said, he's his, the last five or six game there. I think he's, I don't know exactly what he has, but I bet he's got six six points and, and uh, has played really well. When he came back, 5-1, 5-2, 5-3, did he get a little nervous on the bench or was it all fairly yeah, calm? Yeah, I wasn't happy. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to, that game turn out to be something where we didn't have to, to squeeze and and grind out at the end there so that we could have I would have liked to be able to play the kids um you know after the first I I pulled the kids in and said okay we're gonna roll four here and then we took penalties and I the first shift I got them out there they they get scored on and then we give up another one so I had to go away from them a little bit just because you know unfortunately sometimes in this league it's you, you need everybody going and went back to going with three lines and mixing Sandy and uh, in there with the other the other nine Okay, and tomorrow night's obviously more of the same, but it's going to be perhaps a little bit more difficult in their building, isn't it? They play so well at home. Yeah, they're a good. They're, I've heard they're a good hockey team at home. Um, I'm hoping our game again. We've been really good on the road. Um, we've, we've found a way to keep the game a lot simpler on the road and not play play uh, the way we. I don't know what it is here. Some nights I think we want to put on a show for the crowd or make that hard, difficult play. Um, but when we when we get pucks deep and when we make defensemen turn and go back and defend and finish our hits back there, we're we're hard to handle. We got to get back to that tomorrow. We cycle well, don't we? Especially that so Armstrong good. line. We're so we, good yeah. offensively when we when we make D turn and and defend. It's man, we're we're tough to beat down there. It's when we try to make the game cute in the neutral zone where you know we make that extra pass or try to play through the middle and it gets turned over and then they have speed coming the other way and. That's when we're, we're transition defense hasn't been great. It definitely wasn't great tonight. Our line rush against was was horrendous, um, you know. But that comes with not having a third guy high some nights and and all five guys not tracking. Okay. Well, we wish you well tomorrow. Thanks, That's uh, head coach Aaron Fox. Jonathan uh, joins me. Where's, where's young Alex, Jonathan? Where is young Alex? Let's just float away in here, and uh, Alex is going to come out to join us. Um, I guess I always start off by thinking when I drive up here. I'll be happy if I'm driving home with two points and I 
frankly couldn't care less about the rest of the stuff but but we got the two points tonight which is very important especially with five beating Cardiff it kind of just keeps them down a little bit as well yeah it's difficult <coughs> to not let the way the game ended in the so the early part of the third period clouds your judgment about how good the first period was um, I know you were, Alex you were talking to Paul Dixon he was really impressed with his first five or so minutes of the game but th- the last ten minutes of the first period we were exceptional really clinical really good goals just hugely impressive performance and it's tempting to focus on the ones that went against us in the into the third period and first five or six minutes I was thinking God can we have a touch please but they actually came out really well off to a really hot start yeah well good players yeah Um, you know they get spoken about as a a one line team but they had uh, they had uh, plenty of chances in that uh, in that first spell and it was credit to do with keeping them out I don't want to interview Lee. I just I thought you were wanting to speak to me. That was all. Yeah, I did. Just okay. To find out how your mum was. Oh, mum's okay. That's very kind of you to ask. Oh, very hey, kind of you. How did you find the game? Yeah, it was very good. Very good. Yeah, yeah very entertaining. Yeah. Entertaining. <laughs> Thanks for your part in it. Say hello to your mum. I'll do that. All right. Okay. Oh, he was waving over. I thought he wanted a place on the uh, on the podcast there. Sorry, you were saying, John. Unlike last week with the officials. Yes, uh, we no, we're to, trying to fight like to manhandle them. But there had not much controversy in the decisions tonight. That the refs were. Not responsible for deciding this game at all. Um, the Steelers' penalty kill, though, um, five out of five. That's against that Guildford team. That's a really impressive set of penalty killing. Yeah. yeah. What's uh, social media saying, Alex? A lot of positivity again. Um, but yeah, just going back to what Jonathan was saying there. When I spoke to Paul, he said he'd never seen his his Guildford side almost collapse like they did in that four-minute period there. And I don't know whether you can say it was every bounce went in the Steelers' favour or whether they did actually just collapse and it was surprising it's something again we've never seen from a Guildford team whenever we've played them and it was it was different it was certainly a different Guildford side but then again they showed in the last two periods that that's the flames that we do know that can shut out a game and they can wheel can't they yeah and they 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 will keep going and one thing we haven't done so far this season though in the course of 60 minutes (laughs) He's scored four goals on the road. They've scored one, they've scored two, they've scored three. They've managed a fourth in overtime. They've won a game 4-3 after a shootout. But 4-0 up in the first period, I mentioned on the webcast, well, they haven't scored four in a regulation road game so far in League or Cup. So it always felt like that was job done. And maybe that just transmitted to the players a little bit. Um, and I, I was pleased that um, Coach was as disappointed with the team as he was for the second and the third period showing because... That's a couple of times we've now had a Steelers team that looks in control and then suddenly, oh, Manchester has scored two in quick succession. Yeah. A 3-0 game against Dundee is suddenly 3-2 and it's game on. A 2-2 it's a game against... It's different watching the Steelers now, isn't yeah. it? Because, you know, in the past we've perhaps been a bit more controlled, take away last year or so, but now we can go and score five in 15 minutes and then we can have five scored against us in 15 minutes. And I, th- I thought the goals were conceded with very strange goals, I thought. The one where, I don't know whether, from my angle that I saw down at the bottom end, it looked like Duba went to both catch it and block it at the same time and it caught him a bit off guard. Uh, the other one where he went to take it with his glove and it falls straight to the, the stick of the, the other guy on the two-on-one. And it was different in the sense of, especially to last year, where you're like, are we going to get back in the game? Whereas now, we're in games, but then... Are the other team going to get back in the game? Okay, shall we go for a walk? Mm. 
Angela, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. That's I'm good. You just come in. If you didn't know, the uh, pressure room in Sheffield is called the Amy Usher pressure room, and Mum Angela's come down to have a look at the photograph of her young girl. She's with us all the time, Angela. Yeah, She's with us all the time, all day. Start of the day for the first time at home. Oh, start of the day, go on. For the first time at home this season, Steelers have been outshot. Is that right? 28.35. Duber actually made some very good saves tonight, didn't he? he uh, I mean, even at 5 0 up, actually, Duber was one of our best players because he, he, he made some key key stops at, uh, at pivotal moments. Yeah, I mean, he was unfortunate on the two-on-one breakaway. He's made a really good save initially on Davis, but at a two-on-one, that rebound just, Thomas, fell, Thomas. just fell straight to Foster. We're talking about you. We're talking no about you. Congratulations. Thank you very another, much. Another big uh, job. And we were saying that uh, even at 5-0 today, you were, you were busy and you made some, had to make some big saves even when the result, the scoreline was comfortable. Yeah, I, I know that it's it's gonna happen because it's typical when when the boys get a big lead, so they tend to a little bit uh, slow down. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I expected some work, but uh, maybe maybe it was way too much. Yeah, it was a bit. We were saying as well on the two on one. I mean, you make a great save, and it just happened to fall in the uh, in the pathway, didn't it, of the oncoming forward? Unfortunately, there is. But I was fortunate in some other situations, so I I will give them this one and uh, happy that uh, it was the the one that that went in. But uh, others were. There was a big save you made from John Dunbar on a breakaway in that third period. It just helped settle the nerves a little bit to know that okay, Duba's still there for us. Yeah, well, I, I was thinking even if to if to go to chase the puck there on the blue line, and uh, and I was thinking myself, I'm 30 years, 38 years yeah. old, so maybe I'm not gonna win the race. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was it was I mean good game from us in the beginning and a big win, big points that counts, and uh, let's let's see tomorrow. How are you finding taking on the full number one role now? Obviously with Pavel's release a few weeks ago, is it? Is it stressful for you taking on everything on your own? Well, it's not stressful. I've been like playing my whole career as a number one. I ju- it's it's quite big volume right now that I maybe didn't expect it that soon. But I, I uh, of course, I I play my career a lot of games, so it's it's not that that a big problem. Is the back to back an issue? Because in Europe, it's Friday Sunday more often than not. Here, it's Saturday Sunday. Yeah, sure it is. It, it it's always been like uh, Friday Sunday. But like last year, we had unbelievable uh, program that we had uh, uh, back-to-back games in Japan we play four games out of five days so it it was quite tough there so I, I had some uh, I had some training there for the situation well we wish you well tomorrow thank you very much top job tonight yeah. Thomas Duba and oh sorry Thomas by us uh, by us keeping Thomas he's now being nabbed by uh, by Bob Westerdale I, uh, I actually thought they're going to I know he laid a five in, in quick success, but he made some pretty big stops tonight as well. He's a, he's a good kid. Um, he's only 21. Um, I think, I don't know for certain, I think he's the Elite League's first Belgian. Um, and there's plenty more to come from him. That's uh, an impressive amount of But he, he didn't get a lot of help in the early stages of, uh, in the, early stages of the game. Any comments, Tom? Do you want to come and join us? Referee, <laughs> quote, Tom Darnell, referee in Brazil. That was Tom's half shot. I, I think it's what's great <laughs> about Duba this season is how the fans have grown to really trust him. Because in the first few weeks of the season, oh, is it, is it going to be Duba? Is it going to be Cantor? And both had had, you know, good showings and bad showings. And Duba, he had the, the poor start in the game against Glasgow. 
But now, every game, the fans can feel confident we're going to get an A minus at the very worst out of Thomas Dubry hasn't had yeah, a bad word trust though. I think we all when we see him in goal we trust him yeah there's not necessarily the panic that maybe we experienced a lot of last season and I think having the rapport between a player like Duber and the fans it's a lot like when Moose was first in the whole Moose chant and I think when you've got that you've got trust in your goalie you're settled aren't you you're not worrying about every shot you're going to face you know is there going to be a rebound is he not going to going to be able to backstop you and that save you made on Dunbar's breakaway there we've come to know Dunbar to bury every chance yeah. that he gets and a stop like that shows just how much of a study can be for our side so. I like his honesty so saying he has a little bit of fortune on a couple of them you know he's uh, he's not uh, not one of the, the arrogant goals sometimes you get a goalie that's yeah I'm good at this but I like the fact that he's, he's keeping it a little bit low key I really do wish we'd have been doing these podcasts when Jodie Lehman was in <laughs> jo- oh, yeah. Jodie would have hugged this for 20 we're doing the Jodie Lehman podcast um, any doubts that Marco Valeran wasn't fit wasn't ready to play and was only in the lineup because of the the Davies suspension was was quickly put out of our uh, mind I thought he was excellent again he was and um, I spoke to him yesterday about it and he, he was a bit unsure whether he'd be playing he he mentioned that he, he hadn't stick-handled or touched a puck with his hand in his glove since he did um, since the incident. So it was good to see him out there. It was good to see him back in his groove. But I think we we didn't see a different Valley that maybe looked like he had a knock and he was a bit tentative. Maybe, I think, maybe on his breakaway, I think a couple of weeks ago, before the injury, he might have tried to dangle around uh, Peters. Instead, he just tried to flick it a little bit early, possibly. He was a a little bit far out to try and shoot at that stage. Um, I think as we go forward, he'd treat that a bit more like a penalty shot and try and put more of a move in. So I still think there's something in his back of his mind that I'm not sure I really trust my hands quite yet. But the rest of his game was, again, his, his speed has not dropped off with a short line. Interesting whether he would have played if Davies was in the lineup. Yeah, I suppose you could say so. It's, it's one of them you don't know, do you? And, until you see the other side of the situation but it was good that he was I'm, I've not spoken to him since and you hope he's fine you hope he's again ready to go tomorrow and he's not well I'll play Saturday and then have Sunday off just to give it a bit more rest and that he is firing all cylinders so. and it was nice for the power play line that Davis couldn't be on tonight yeah. to get the opening goal because Davis has been such an important part of that power play with you know his one timer from that left circle the Steelers had to look elsewhere and were able to be successful and it got us off to a great start. I thought Brendan Connolly had a really yes. good game tonight. And mm. I'm not saying he's had bad games this we, season. We were saying that he needed a goal on commentary yeah. and about 20 seconds later he got one. Can I... We, we all see different things, don't we? My opinion, the best line that's ever played in this building was the Brabant line with Longstaff and Jason Weaver. And one of the things that that line did really well was protect the puck. It cycled the puck well, you couldn't get the puck off it. Tonight, I thought Dowd, Armstrong and Lemchukov showed signs of, we are not letting you have the puck, go screw yourself, get out of town, we're holding on to it, we're gonna create, and they just cycled and cycled, and they wore, I mean, I thought Corbin Baldwin was as bad as his brother t- tonight. He wasn't great in any way, shape, or form. But that line just ground down, and I thought they were excellent. It's great when they get in the offensive zone and they go for a lap around yeah. and just say, "Go on, then chase me." Um, and they, they they do protect the foot well. But it was plays like that that won the game up in Fife uh, last Sunday. 
It was Dowd had a go and it, Lemchikov had a go. And a bit like in overtime, in a three-on-three, if you can win your battle, you get the odd man. They're able to do that in a five-on-five situation, and then they can then attack the slot and get a shot away. Or if you beat your man, someone else has to draw, and they're smart enough to play the pass. It's, uh, it's a line that's sort of definitely been stumbled upon, but I don't think that was a planned line at the start of the season. All the best lines are stumbled on, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Well, it's going back to the, the earlier podcast we did, and it's talking about the two best backsides in the club again. It's, yeah. We've, we now see Lemty do it every game, whether it's one guy or two guys, he's pushing off the puck with his backside. And he does it with so much ease as well. He, he'll glide past players. Um, but then that line is ticking out. I'm a big fan of, of the Connolly line. And it's, they seem to know where everybody is. And it's great, especially when they're on the power play together. I remember talking about that Weaver line. Weaver and Longstaff go and see Mike Blaisdell. And they go, Blazer, we can't play with Brabant anymore, you know, because Brabant was like, you know what, you loved him or you hated him, and you could love and hate him in the same second. And uh, Dal Craigwell, NHL, San Jose Sharp, great sentiment. He joins the line. Three weeks later, Longstaff and uh, Weaver go back to Blazer and say, no, 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 we'll take Brabant again, you know, and that's uh, when he became the, uh, the best line. skate quite as smoothly as Dal Craigwell does. Yes, he was smooth. Yes, he was. Pete Spencer, Radio Sheffield, have you spoken to him, Pete? You're loitering right now. I was spoken to Aaron. I'm waiting for uh, Batawa to come down from the signing or Marco Valoran to come out of the shower. So uh, it's a waiting game at the moment. It's a waiting game. They're waiting you out. Big John's just leaving down the far end. We've just walked into the... Has uh... Alex gone to get somebody? Let's uh, see if we can actually... I don't think we've even ventured into the Steelers. Steelers dressing room. We're in there right now. Playing the old music. Oh, yeah. So, uh, for the very first time, the Steelers podcast has entered the, uh, the dressing room. And as he sat down on the floor, he can go nowhere, so he can't avoid us. Eric Melland and uh, Eric, first time on the podcast, welcome. Uh, a good night, a valuable two points. Yeah, yeah, it was a good night, but really what excites me is that now I'm on the podcast. You know, I've been yeah. sitting around waiting. You've been waiting. Seeing you interview people, and I'm just thinking, I got a lot to say. Get me on the podcast. Well, you're on, you're live now, and the people are listening. Uh, talk us through your thoughts on that one. That, at 5 0, we were, we were rolling, weren't we? Yeah, I think it's, uh, we kind of kept, kept it going from the Manchester game, scoring a lot of goals. I mean, I think we got a little bit lax when we gave up a few goals there, but we finished strong, and I think, you know, Guildford can't be happy going home knowing we're coming there tomorrow, so yeah. that's is, the goal. Is it a natural thing that you, you're still trying at 5 0, but, but it's 5 0, and, it, and there is just a natural drop off? Uh, I guess yes. I think a lot of part of it is kind of the way they play and the way we play. It's going to be, they're going to be high scoring games. You know, it's a lot of good offensive players and it just kind of, it, it made it around where, you know, they had a lot of scoring chances, even in the first period, you know, and in the second, they ended up getting a few goals and, you know, we had three or four breakaways we could have scored on too. So I'm just happy to get out of there 5-3. It's fine with me. Earlier in the season, you were forward, then back to defence. You were jumping around a little bit. Are you enjoying having a, a consistent run as a forward and not having to think about switching your mind back to a defensive mentality? Yeah, it's. Uh, I find myself. Yeah, that's funny you say that. I find, I find myself, you know, thinking a lot more like a forward now than I was, you know, my first two games, you know, back up from from defence and. I don't want to think too much, you know, because I think that's kind of my value is, is to be a forward who's also kind of thinks like a defenseman and kind of have three defensemen out there every shift. Uh, yeah, I try to find that balance and, you know, hopefully coach likes it and gets me out there. 
finally, the big talking point, Batawa's Eddie. A bit disappointing, considering what has gone before it. I mean, it, was, it, 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 it wasn't one of the best, was it? No, I, there wasn't... Uh... He's not the big showman. Though, there there needs to be there needs to be a bit of a brainstorm before you know you kind of put a guy on the spot. You need to have a little bit of a plan. Well, but you, these guys, got, but these guys plan, next to you though, like Deluca and Old Valorand and Everly, those two, they must like talk about it like at breakfast and at lunch. Right. Go. Yeah, I think they have a few things in the back of their yeah, mind, and then they just say, okay, we're doing the we're doing the hunting one this time. We're doing the fishing one this time. Is yours planned out for when your day comes? Well, you know, I'm waiting. I think I might have to score four or five goals to get get named player of the game. But uh, yeah, I've got some stuff. The fans will like it, don't worry. Okay, well, have a crafty word with the announcer, and he'll make sure you get it next time. Okay. 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 So uh, we got a Nike devil, and we've got a. Uh, who are you waiting for, Pete? You still, you still waiting for Valley? Okay. I hope everyone could hear that. The music was blasting out. It was a little bit. We've come back into the. Uh, into the physio room. Paul Tether working on a couple of the guys as we uh, as we speak. Shall we uh, kind of close up here? Alex is now playing football with the kids. <laughs> and they're beating him. Uh, it's a Derby fan for you. Um, okay, we go to Guildford tomorrow. I, I think, wow, I think if we can come out of this weekend with four points, that, that sends some intent, especially as I say again, with uh, Cardiff dropping those two points. Want to go into that Cardiff game next Saturday, top of the pile. I think that'll send a message and do a lot for our confidence if we can go into that on the back of a four-point weekend. I think if we lose on the road tomorrow, it's going to be a different feeling if someone else has overtaken us, as another of the games in hand gone. Um, it's important that we keep the running run going as long as possible because the teams behind us do have those games in hand. They are closing in. And with Steelers, we have the, the reputation. We are number one and we need to see that in the standings as long as possible. Have you and me arm wrestled yet about who's going to Cardiff or rather who's not? No, we haven't, no. Okay. Were, you, just, were yeah. you planning on going to Cardiff? There was a thought about yeah, it. Yeah, there was a thought from me as well, but especially if we win tomorrow, it could be a, an, interesting, an interesting night. Why can you both not go to Cardiff? We can both go to Cardiff. If you could drive down to Birmingham, I can pick you up halfway and we can go to Cardiff. We'll both go. I can't make wi- it from all I've got other plans of a friend that weekend. It's the Wi-Fi. It's just the Wi-Fi. It's <laughs> terrible Wi-Fi down there. Um, right, to finish off with, uh, any, any last-minute thoughts we want to... Uh, Keep it going, up? I think, that's the message. It's Wednesday night, we were fantastic. Today, I thought we were fantastic again. We've got to keep it going now, get a run together. And then run with it, and especially if Cardiff are dropping points. Yeah, Belfast have hit a bit of form now, so they're picking up points. And now we've got the, the cook group out of the way. Now our sole focus for the time being can be on, on the league until we've decided who we're going to pick in, um, in the next round. But it, it's, I think that is the key message, isn't it? We have to go with it. We have to run. So, Just, just quickly, with Nottingham beating Manchester today, can, I know Manchester can tie the points tomorrow. Manchester win, have the tiebreaker if they win in regulation. So if Manchester win in regulation, Nottingham go into that playoff game. Yes. I'd love that. I'd love that. And then it comes down to the records of the two third-place teams. So um, Nottingham and Coventry could potentially tie on eight points if Coventry win a game against Guildford that means nothing to the Flames. Uh, Then it comes down to... um, I don't care. Tiebreakers. I, I just don't care. <laughs> Which I, I just, I just, I'd just be happy to see them in the playoff game. It would be, uh, it would be uh, ironic and lovely. 
yeah, I just don't think Nottingham would really look forward to going to the Sky Dome. No. Because that's not a building that over the last few years they've had an awful lot of success in. No, or going to... No, they just... No. But Manchester, Coventry, I see Coventry winning that series. But Coventry... Ooh, Coventry United, I'd love to see that. I'd go to that. I'd go to that. Um, right, finally, any last comments? You... Job done. Job done. Job done, all round. Top job, boys. And uh, well, we'll see you in Cardiff. And if Alex and I are in Cardiff tomorrow on uh, Saturday next week, we'll uh, we'll bring you an on the road version of this podcast. Have a safe trip home, folks. Steelers win again. We win again. Oh yes, thank you.